This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, everybody. I'm Seth Busby, editor of Flying Solo. Welcome to our weekly podcast where we step inside the minds and lives of soloists and small business owners. Are you tired of the social media grind, but think that that's the only way that you can get your business noticed? Well, today's guest will give you some food for thought. Tess McCabe is a graphic designer, author, marketing expert and publisher whose latest book, Self-Promotion Without Social Media, 33 Ways to Get Seen, Feel Connected and Grow Your Business, aims to free business owners from the drudgery of constant content creation and show them new ways to get their business noticed. If you'd like to find out more about how you can blow your own trumpet and connect with your customers, well, Tess has some great advice. Tess, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. It's great to have you here. Thank you, Sess. It's a pleasure to be here. Excellent. Now, tell our listeners a little bit about your background because uh, you wear a lot of hats, graphic designer, marketing, <laughs> publisher, like <laughs> there's many things going on there. I do, I do. I suppose I identify as a designer and creative all-rounder because there are a lot of different things that, um, yeah, as creative people, I think we like to put our fingers in many pies. Um, but I suppose, yeah, I'm primarily a designer and typically I work with companies of one. So that's architects, um, coaches, jewelers, psychologists. It really runs the gamut of industries, but they're typically people who are sole traders, uh, people who perhaps are a, a duo, so a very, very micro small business. Um, and for those clients, generally I'm designing visual identity if they're launching a new business or perhaps a branding refresh and a website. So two things that obviously a lot of small businesses need to establish themselves as, you know, professional and trading in the marketplace. But the other category of clients that I often work with are publishers. So I work with a few um, independent publishers, Major Street and Amber Press being two designing their book covers. Um, But I also work with people who choose to independently publish. And I suppose um, I actually started my career in book publishing, working for one of the larger trade um, publishers, Wiley, back uh, straight out of uni. And I've always loved book design. Um, I think it's one of those things that really works with my brain. I love organising information and, you know, playing with that lovely combination of typography and imagery. There is actually a lot of transferable skills when it comes to website design as well. So I think that's why I still do a lot of that as well. I really enjoy it. Um, But I suppose the reason that many self-publishing or independently publishing authors and writers will come to me is because I have had experience independently publishing and self-publishing my own books. So I have that understanding of what it takes to navigate that world. And that's probably something that not every designer has, but it's a a bit of a passion project for mine. For me, um, my imprint is called Creative Minds, and that's a bit of an outlet to design, write, create, 
co-publish and publish resources for creative professionals and and solo business owners. So yeah, I've done five books of my own and I have co-published a couple of books as well under that imprint. Goodness, there's a lot to unpack there, but that... there is. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with your your new book, um, Self-Promotion Without Social Media, 33 Ways to Get Seen, Feel Connected and Grow Your Business, because I think this is something our listeners are really going to be keen to hear more about, because there's so much um, pressure put on business owners to maintain their social media feeds and social media is, has such a dominance in the marketing mix these days, but you're saying doesn't need to be that way and you can kind of alleviate that pressure by thinking outside of the box. Absolutely. And of course, being a solo business person myself, I have the same struggles as a lot of, you know, my own clients and your listeners would have in that I have to promote my business. I've sort of got two streams, obviously the service providing side and then a product-based business as well. And sometimes there just doesn't feel like there's enough hours in the day to then go and start creating content for social media marketing increasingly without a really great return on investment. And so I suppose I've been on, you know, many of the main social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, since the really early days. I've, you know, had an Instagram account for over 10 years. I've seen heaps and heaps of changes over that time from when it was you know, a really fun place to be social, your friends would be there, you'd be sharing what you ate for lunch. Two, what we see now is highly curated um, spaces, lots and lots of businesses and brands trying to get um, people to engage. Um, and it's, it's just a lot more competitive. And really, over those years, as we all know, the major social media platforms have been pay to play. So in order to get people to see your content, increasingly, you're having to spend money on advertising, boost posts, that kind of thing. Yeah, and that's having a real impact on small businesses, isn't it? Of because course. they don't have the budgets, of, the budgets like a, a big brand to get their content. Spent. Exactly. And it's twofold. It's spending the money creating that really, really high quality content, be that photographic imagery or, you know, different types of educational content that the platform calls for and that users are more likely to engage with. But then second fold, having to pay to actually get that content seen by the people who are interested or may be interested. So getting those, those brand new fresh eyes on your business. And I have these conversations with clients every day about, you know, particularly when, for example, I'm designing their website. So we're looking to optimize it for search engines and making sure that there's other avenues um, for people to find them off social media. You know, I might be creating printed marketing collateral and that kind of thing. So the book was really born of lots of conversations about other ways to promote your business. And then my own thoughts and feelings looking back, it's like, well, how have I developed, you know, a sustainable business as a solopreneur? Um, and what are the types of avenues that people are finding my work, where am I becoming visible and how can I kind of, you know, bolster that and, and leverage different opportunities to get yeah, my most ideal clients. So if I'm a small business owner and I'm trying to wean myself off that, that social media pay to play model where I don't really have any control over <laughs> yeah. who's, who's really seeing my stuff, what 
are some first steps that I should be taking to kind of transition away from that and adopt some of the alternative methods that you're talking about? Yeah, well, I think, I mean, ultimately, it's all about visibility. People are going to encounter your business in lots of different ways. So it might be, you know, word of mouth, a recommendation from a friend or a colleague. Um, It depends on the type of business. So if you're a very hyper-local business, you know, perhaps you have a retail shop in a very specific location um, or a hospitality venue, or perhaps you service a very particular type of client. The types of, um, I suppose, activities that you do to promote your business are going to be very different based on the type of business and and who you're trying to attract. And so I think one of the things that um, when I'm talking to people about how they're promoting their business is, all right, are people going to initially find you on social media or are they going to look to social media to get an overall sense of who you are and what you do? Um, Or are they going to go to your website to do that? Um, And really presenting your business in a few different um, channels, you know, as many as as seems necessary and also seems achievable for your type of business in a really consistent way, in a really professional way. I think that's really your first step. So a, a few people when I've talked about the concept for this book is you know, great, I can quit social media now, (laughs) which, you know, I think sometimes even I just want to, you know, log off entirely. That's it. I'm done some days. However, I think there is a lot of power in having a presence on social media. So something that gives um, people who are looking and finding your, your profile or your posts there a really great overview of your business and what you do and what you stand for and, and who you service, much like a website might do. So you might want to have a presence there, um, but not necessarily be constantly creating new content for a platform that treats that content in a really ephemeral way. Mm. So is it really about understanding where your customers are as well? Like what what social platforms or whether they're looking for you online or whether, you know, maybe you've got a, a demographic that likes getting flyers in their letterbox. I don't know. Like how do you identify that? How do you find out where they're, where they're finding you? Yeah, well, I think in, you know, any um, savvy small business owner or solo business owner will have a fairly good understanding of their type of client, whether that's, you know, understanding that from the get-go when they begin or starting to learn more and more about the types of clients that they're attracting, that they want to be attracting and how those clients are finding them. So in my own business, for example, I mean, how I run my business is um, and how I work and interact with clients is in a really personal way. We're working together often for a few months. Um, I'm, you know, really getting to understand the under the hood of their business and how their business makes money. And so it's a pretty personal relationship. And for that reason, I find that a lot of clients um, have come to me first having met me or, or understanding a lot about what I do, for example, through a podcast interview or, um, you know, through a talk that I might have done or through my simply attending an event and meeting people there and starting that relationship that way. And so that for me is um, a really strong self-promotion channel, you know, engaging with people in a really personal way and getting them to understand, okay, this lady seems to know what she's talking about. We seem to have a rapport. She understands she's on the level of, you know, what my business is trying to achieve and I'm willing to put in the time to understand them so they get the best result. 
Mm. What if I'm a bit of an introvert though? So that idea of getting out and about (laughs) (laughs) makes me feel very icky. (laughs) Oh, I definitely empathize with that. I feel exactly the same way. Um, Look, I think it's about number one is preparation. And so in the book, I talk about as a section about simply talking about what you do. So being able to, you know, quickly identify, you know, what you do, who you work with, why, and having, you know, just practiced some simple statements, um, a bit of a, you know, a shorter one, a more elaborate one to give people a really um, quick and identifiable understanding of what your business is. That kind of thing I found even for myself can start to build that confidence so that when you are put in a social space where you might be meeting people, be that, you know, a networking event for lack of a better term or, you know, even, you know, a community party or a neighbourhood, you know, dinner, that kind of thing. Um, All of these opportunities are places to start, you know, building a network of potentially interested customers and clients and just building up that kind of self-promotion muscle, I think it doesn't have to be always super salesy and really um, feeling icky. It comes from practice. Um, and so another one of the things that I identify in the book is going to events and, you know, taking a support person if you need someone else who is in a similar position. You know, we're going to go to three events this year. Um, you know, you're there to potentially learn or you know if it's at a conference you're there to see the speakers but just pushing yourself out of that comfort zone I think is really important I know we do it every day as solo business owners where we're sitting outside you know the norm of being an employee Um, we're pushing ourselves out of that comfort zone a lot but it does come with needing to push ourselves out with self-promotion activities as well and it genuinely does become easier over time. What about our business story, you know, our why? Should every every business owner be able to reel that off and be really solid as to their purpose and what their business is about? Yeah, look, I think that it's, it's a huge part of why a lot of us choose to be self-employed because we do have a particular passion or, you know, a value system that makes us want to lean into entrepreneurship because it's not easy every day of the week Um, so that should kind of come quite naturally the why as to what you're doing this business for or what you hope the ultimate outcome would be or or just what your day-to-day looks like and I think that is really important to share with people because it's something that that many people can identify with um, and gives them an understanding I think a big part about being a solopreneur or a sole trader is having potential customers and clients um, really start to like us, to know us and to trust us. Trust is a huge thing. And understanding really and being able to communicate in a really succinct way or or in a way that really fits the context of who you're speaking to and where and, and at what point in your business is a really important way to get people to to trust us as service providers or as business owners and genuinely to like each other as other human beings. At the end of the day, we're all just humans working with other humans. So certainly, you know, thinking more um, deeply about that why, which, you know, we probably should all check in with ourselves about that as business owners every now and again, because it often is the thing that keeps us going day to day. But then really starting to write down and clarify 
um, in again, in an, it doesn't have to be in a salesy kind of way, but in a way that you can really feel comfortable and feel very genuine in expressing um, will go a long way to self-promotion. Mm. So right at the very top of this conversation, you also mentioned word of mouth, like um, often that's a great way for businesses to get new customers is from word of mouth. But how do we capitalise on that? If we've got a client and they're saying what great work we're doing, how can we do more with that? Yeah, well, I suppose, um, I guess the most visible word of mouth in our society at the moment is reviews and testimonials. So it's that social proof that, you know, what you're saying about yourself and and how you're promoting yourself, um, you know, it's not just coming from you, it's coming from other people. The proof is in the pudding. So one of the things that I encourage in the book is gathering those reviews and testimonials. And it's funny that you talked about introversion before and, and that idea that you know, ultimately, even if we feel like we've done a really great project or, or provided a really great product to someone, there can be that sort of sticky moment where we feel like we don't want to ask people what they really think about us because our businesses are so personal. But I know for myself, I've come up with a few different strategies to get reviews, to get testimonials, um, and to help clients really express what it was about working with you that was so great or or the outcomes that they had for their business were so fulfilling and genuine. Um, And so reviews, I think, are one element of word of mouth that we probably don't concentrate on enough. And again, you don't have to be pushy. It's all about, you know, a human being speaking to another human being. Mm. I think people are more than willing to normally give you a review. It's just that they don't get asked, so they don't do it. Yeah, that's right. And it's also about not asking, um, you know, within, you know, clients uh, having a blank page in front of them. I often um, send through a few prompts. It's like, well, we worked on this together. Why did you choose this over this? Why did you choose me as a service provider? What specifically about your business was it that I helped you with? It gives them an opportunity, I think, as well to talk about their own business within a review. It's it's very, um, you know, I really try to make it an opportunity for the client as well to promote themselves. So, for example, I will most of the time pop a review for a particular project on my website when I'm doing a case study or simply showing it in my portfolio and then including a link back to that client's online store or, um, you know, other online space. And that kind of, you know, interlinking is also a bit of an SEO boost for them as well. So there's a little bit of um, an incentive, I suppose, that you can offer to certain clients. Um, And, you know, again, it's all very specific to your business, but there's certainly lots of ways that I talk about in the book to, I suppose, incentivize reviews and really helpful reviews. And then that, of course, contributes um, to hopefully potential people who are looking to work with you to tip them over into that that call to action that you want to make to get them to, you know, call you for, um, you know, an inquiry or purchase a product. Mm. So is there, if I'm just um, starting this journey, is there a, a checklist or some practical advice that you could give to the listeners to kind of kickstart them in the right direction? Yeah, absolutely. So the book is split up in a few different ways. There's some activities that are, you know, really quick to kind of tick off the list, set and forget type things. And then there's some activities that, you know, 
for example, starting a podcast or building an email newsletter, which will take time and it's very much a slow burn but with ultimately good return. And so I encourage people to look through the book. Maybe none of, not all of the activities will necessarily appeal to every single business or be right for every single business, but look at the ones that you can start to implement straight away. So one of the biggest things for me that I've found has been quite effective is a simple email signature. So that email signature, you know, might point to your website. Um, you know, it might point to some social media places that you're starting to set up. It might describe the overall business that you um, represent and the services that you're providing. And then using that email signature, think about how many emails you send out every day and how often you use your email for bits and pieces just in general life. Having an email account, so an email account that is related to your URL, your website domain name, um, coupled with that email signature can just kind of start to seed a bit of interest about your business out there. And it's a really, really simple thing to do. Mm. That is, it's such a basic thing, but often overlooked. I think so. I mean, I've had clients um, who have, you know, engaged me for work. I had a restaurant that I worked with um, years ago for a long time and I had simply emailed them about a restaurant reservation <laughs> using my my domain name email address and I suppose that person then just kind of looked into who I was or what my business was. Um, I suppose, you know, in my industry, in my line of work, it's an area that lots of people need in different ways. So graphic design is kind of very broad and, and suits a lot of different businesses. And I've certainly found that simply, you know, signing up to a workshop or, or doing something with my email address has ultimately brought clients to me. It's funny that you can actually see that direct line of access through something that's not necessarily social media. But of course, you know, that, that, that website then that they're sent to has to also do its job in explaining what it is that I do and who I am and my expertise and that kind of thing. So many of these things are interlinked. And how important is it to measure what you're doing? I think um, I, I probably am more interested in understanding, um, you know, and having a look at the clients that I really felt like we worked really well together, that they were sort of my quote unquote ideal client um, and understanding how they came about my work and, and what channels I suppose they they use to find me or, or even just to kind of do a little bit of a deep dive. Um, and it's always really, really interesting to inquire as to how people found you. It's just, you know, a simple thing. It could even be a, a checkbox on an inquiry form. Um, you know, how did people find you either via Google or social media or word of mouth, that kind of thing. I'm often finding the clients and customers are telling me upfront <laughs> how they found me. Oh, I was recommended to you by this former client or, oh, I listened to you on a podcast. Or in, in some cases, it's years ago, I picked up one of your books and it's just always been in the back of my mind to get in touch when the time was right. So, um, yeah, I definitely think there's power in understanding specifically how those, um, those really great clients find you. Um, but also you know, at the end of the day, a lot of stuff isn't necessarily going to be measurable. And sometimes it's just about putting it out there, 
and and hoping that the universe will you know reward that visibility with um yeah with some some something great in the future that's that's the approach that I personally have to it (laughs) um what if I'm uh just starting my business journey so you know I don't have any clients yet I don't have the word of mouth I'm literally just out of the out of the gate Mm -hmm. how do I start that that self-promotion journey how do I get my my visibility and my name out there yeah look I think you know a lot of times people um they might be maybe starting their business out of the gate so you know brand new ABN brand new website that kind of thing but they're not necessarily starting in you know a really brand new industry without contacts or without um you know any kind of initial seed of investment in that industry or community yeah Um, a a lot of people are you know have their side hustles and then they're starting yeah that's right that's right and so I mean from personal experience I've worked in um other businesses in-house as a designer. I haven't always worked just for myself, but certainly when I launched out onto my own, doing my own independent design work, I was certainly still connected to people, you know, who I'd worked with before, the industry that I was in. And, you know, it's simply about talking about what you do. I often think about when I'm thinking to promote my own business, perhaps it's, you know, sending out an email newsletter or going to an event. The alternative is sitting on your couch doing nothing (laughs) to promote your business. And, um, you know, like I talked about before, simply going to an event that, that, you know, is loosely related to your business or, you know, could potentially teach you something about your business and going armed with, you know, a few business cards and a a confident um, approach to talking about your business. If you're asked, so what do you do? <laughs> that question that we all love, some of us grimace at, um, but certainly in a in a kind of business networking setting, it, it's fairly expected to be able to simply talk about what it is, even if you're starting out. It's like, well, I've just launched this business doing this um, and the types of clients I want to work with are X, Y, and Z um, because my prior experience is this or my passion is this. Um, that's starting a conversation with one person or a couple of people. And it's really just that repetition, the scale of how those things happen are seeded out into the world. That's kind of the entry to self-promotion in, mm. in, in my mind. Um, it's a very, very basic kind of human connection sort of thing. And I suppose as you start to build confidence in what you do and you start to, I suppose, start to tweak that message, start to hone that story and finesse it that kind of thing is then going to seed out to things like your website maybe to things like blog or newsletter content that you create um, starting to build that list perhaps by offering a lead magnet or or something that might start to attract that more ideal customer and client Hmm. we're just about out of time so I guess I'd like to know the 33 ways to get seen, feel connected and grow your business. Do you have a favourite from the 33? Ah, that's funny. So in the book, I'm not just talking about, you know, here are the different ways and here's what to do and here's to set up. Um, in, In a funny way, it's a little bit of a memoir as well over the two decades of my business and how different activities that I've been involved in or I've tried or I've, I've had experience with or had success with before Um, just little kind of personal anecdotes and stories 
Um, one of the ones that I mention is about um, doing uh, like trade shows, markets, um, you know, that kind of thing. So years and years ago, I had a little side hustle where I was making um, handmade accessories. So really love as I suppose a hobby, sewing, embroidery, that kind of thing, making jewellery. So I was making these little jewellery items really just for fun, just something to do, you know, of the weekend that was not in front of a screen. And, of course, then I had so many that I was like, I'm going to sell these at local markets. Um, And it was fantastic. I went to this very small local market, um, had my little table set up, and I was sitting next to this other lady who had these beautiful fabric jewellery items, and we got to chatting. Um, The market wasn't particularly well populated. (laughs) It was a bit of a slow day, so I got to chatting to this other stallholder. And she was also a service provider in her kind of day-to-day life. She was a copywriter, did lots of marketing and content. Um, And it turned out that we'd grown up in the same town. Uh, We um, obviously, you know, we're doing this kind of side hustle as a fun thing, but we had our um, service-based businesses as well. We ended up actually working together. I, you know, contracted her to do some copywriting for me. Likewise, I redid her branding and her website. So we sort of became each other's clients simply from meeting at that time. And it's funny, she's one of my closest friends now. And we actually reflected uh, with a bit of a laugh when years later, she got married in that very same venue that the market was held at. (laughs) And we talked about how we met in that corner over there when we were sitting at our tables together. So it was really interesting to me just to reflect on that and see how, number one, aside project, a self-initiated project that I had done to sort of, you know, stretch my creative practice, um, learn a little bit more about kind of the ins and outs of like having a having a handmade business um, led to not only another client, um, but a friend and, and a creative, you know, um, colleague, I suppose, from whom, you know, you know, lots of connections and word of mouth and that kind of thing had come from. Like, it's actually just, it's such an organic thing that, I look upon something like that as a really nice way to market and it's the kind of way that I want to market my business um, rather than, look, you know, lie in the pockets of already very, very rich people in the social media space. (laughs) Yeah. Great story, Tess. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Where can we get the book? You can find the book at the Creative Minds website, which is creativemindshq.com. But it's also stocked in retailers around the country. Look to um, gallery design, bookstores, independent bookstores, so readings in Victoria, Kinakunya in Sydney, um, and a lot of other independent bookstores as well. Um, internationally, you can find it on Amazon and Booktopia. Um, yeah, just do a little Google, you'll find a copy. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much, Tess. I appreciate it. Thank you, Seth.